This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Check your show, we're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some raffy. This is the Dave and Checky Show. If you don't get your act together by the end of summer, I'm sending you off to military school with that goddamn Finkelstein shit kid. Son of a bitch. Who's Finkelstein? What? What are you talking about? Now, anyone should know that's the opening scene to Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke. Really? Tommy Chong's dad says that to him. And then he leaves the house and goes hitchhiking and gets picked up by Cheech. Eh? That's the part of the movie that you forget. But that Finkelstein shit kid was going to military school, and if he didn't get his crap together, he was going to go there too. That's the premise. Do we ever, Son of a oh. bitch. Do we ever meet Finkelstein? Mm-mm. It's just an off reference. That goddamn Finkelstein shit kid. Son of a bitch. Okay. Well, uh, welcome everyone. Now that's brilliance. Mm-hmm. Not like the other two. You know, Up in Smoke is the one. Next movie, eh. And then uh, Nice, nice Dreams. Eh. And Karizic and Brothers. What? I'm sorry, uh, what? Karizin, what is it? Corsican. Corsican Brothers, yeah, that, that shit can go. Yeah. That's no good. But uh, East Bad Born in East L.A., now that's good, but right. Chong's not in that. But uh-huh. let me tell you something, Paul Rodriguez is, so that makes up for it. Oh, I see. So you, uh, you're you saying- Big time, big time Paul Rodriguez fan. Paul Rodriguez and Tommy Chong are equal. Well, when you're working with Cheech, I see. yes, I... apparently you are. they are. Actually, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Tommy Chong is a legend. Paul Rodriguez is not. All right. Unless you're Paul Rodriguez's best friend. Apparently, you are trying. You are trying to be. George Lopez kind of stole Paul Rodriguez's thunder. Why do you say that? Because I'm a racist. Okay. Uh, anyway, moving right along. Welcome, 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 everyone. Uh, this is episode number ninety-one. Ninety-one of the Middle Age. Middle-aged cool kids, super terrific podcast featuring your pals Rudy Cadenza and Barbara. It's the new duo. Okay, I Late have night talk show. I have to be Barbara. Exactly, and Excellent. I am your wonderfully charming host, Rudy Cadenza. All right, hi, uh, it's Rudy Cadenza on the line. How you doing? Can I take your call? Rudy, why don't you have a sip of your beverage? Ah, it's part of my charm is my sticky mouth. Your charm mouth is... Rudy uh, Cadenza. Uh-huh. No, th- oh, okay, please. Let's, let's... Hi, Rudy Cadenza for chiclets. Hi, Rudy Cadenza for changing accents. Anywho. Uh, Hi. Okay. Rudy Cardenza. Stop. This episode, episode number 91. Uh, I just want to say that 91 is a lot of episodes. It was a very good year, not. 
It was a good year for me, actually, but... Yeah, it sucked shit for me, all right? Thanks. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. It's all right. Uh, anyway, um, this episode... Now, I have not... Usually, I say, okay, Dave, get prepared to talk about uh, this, that, or the other thing. And that's when it becomes a horrible podcast, because I'm prepared... When I get prepared, I get stale, man. No, I don't think it's that. I am off the cuff, or it's really rough. Eh? Today we are discussing yeah. Billboard.com's What? I never even heard of that site. Top 10 song list of all time. Uh, um, Blue Bayou by uh, Linda Ronstadt. Is it, it on there? If it, it's not, I'm not I'm really not down. I just want to go over this very quickly with you. Linda Ronstadt fan from day one. Me too, but I want to go over this very quickly. Billboard uh, gets this list. I have to stop saying uh. uh I should go oh, back. Oh, good. It's a good thing. Cut them. Fills up time. All out. Yeah, I don't. We don't need to fill time. The uh the oh fuck. <laughs> Billboard uh. puts together their list by um. Bleh. Fuck, I gotta just cut it all out. Cut it all out. Do it again. Boom. Billboard puts together their list of greatest, uh, fuck. In order to get, uh, in order to come up with this list, Billboard takes into consideration radio airplay, Sales data and streaming data. All of those combined equal the greatest of all time. So songs. he who has the most money invested in their project has the greatest song of all time. Is that what you think? Well, uh, essentially, if all you right. can buy well, votes and you can buy influence, then yeah. yeah let's that's see. True. Irving Azoff, number one. Which so- which Irving Azoff song do you think is number I'm just one? Just saying, he's got to be tied to it. Whatever it is, he's part of it. Well, I don't know, but are you ready to start? Azing Irvoff. Number ten. Yeah. Now I have the whole list, but I'm going to start from number ten. All right. All right. The list is a hundred long. Oh fucking Jesus Christ! Oh, I don't. I don't know why you would say that. Oh, I don't know. I just is like Tourette's or something. Every now and then I got to curse the Lord. Okay. That's, you know what? what? Nope. That's, that's uncool. Oh, and uh, you're being a dick. Number 10. Are you ready? I know it's not that bad. It's not. Are you ready? It could have been. But it's it such a not. cute, cute bass player. They could have really gone somewhere. Was that Kenji? He was. Yeah. He was really cute. He still's cute. Anyway, number 10 on the Billboard all-time Hot 100 songs. Spit it out, woman. Greatest of all time Hot 100 songs. Oh, my God. Number 10. Hot-blooded. Foreigner. Hey Jude, the Beatles. Oh, fuck you. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart Then you can start to make it better Hey, G. 
Fuck you and list. How many times are they gonna bring this song up? Number hey, that's ten. The hey Jude. It's the most repetitive song, maybe. It's the most drag of a song. I mean, can you think of a song that's gonna put you in a downer mood more than that? Yeah, I can. Time in a bottle. <laughs> well, then you just answered your own question. If I can say time in a bottle takes the cake for the worst song ever written. Hey Jude is a song by the English rock band The Beatles. That more was into Hey Dude. All the young dudes. That, Did I tell you that before? Mm-hmm. That was released as a non-album single in August of 1968. You it know was, what? Mm-hmm. Apple Music made a deal with Apple Records that said they would never release music. Or something like that. And they fibbed, apparently. Apple, I mean, not Apple Music, something or other. Something or other. Apple Apple Computers mm-hmm. said they would never do music. And they changed. They lied. Yeah. It was written by Paul McCartney and credited to the Lennon-McCartney partnership. I love that partnership. The single was the Beatles' first release on their Apple record label and one of the first four singles by Apple's roster of artists. Now, when I was a kid, Apple Records, mm-hmm. that was probably the coolest record label there was. Because they had the 45s with the eaten apple on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit was cool back then. All right. Hey Jude was a number one hit in many countries around the world and became the year's top-selling single in the UK, the US, Australia, and Canada. Its nine-week run at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 tied the all-time record in 1968 for the longest run at the top of the US charts. I I really do not think it's a very good song. It has sold approximately 8 million copies and is frequently included on music critics' lists of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah, include this or else. Or else we won't include you in our little circle of Satan. Mm. That was number 10. I mean, just think about the song. It's not, what's so good about it? That's good songwriting? I mean, tell that to Steve Allen, all right? That man knew how to write a song. Hey, Jude. Sounds like a bunch of stoned hippies. Here's a piece of trivia for you. What was the B-side of Hey, Jude? Fucking, uh... Maxwell Silverhammer, bro. Revolution. Number nine. Oh, you know what? And here's another bit of trivia for you. All right. That version of Revolution is different than the version of Revolution on the fucking White Album. And there's two versions. That's a third version. How do you fucking like them apples? I think you're very aggressive today. Well, I don't like Hey Jude. That, all right? Okay. That's, now, what's so good about Hey Jude? Out of all the Beatles tunes, that's the one? It's the number 10. Let me tell you something. On the greatest of all time Hot 100 <laughs> song list from Billboard magazine, this is As of Today. A Day in the Life is a way better song than Hey Jude. All right. Uh, you know, Penny Lane's a better song than Hey Jude. Okay. Um, Strawberry Fields is a better song than Hey Jude. Fucking 90% of their songs are a better song than Hey Jude. Are you ready for number nine? What's it going to be? Hey Jude? It is not Hey Jude. All right. Number nine on the Billboard list. Oh, and not to mention, Hey Jude, it just goes on and on and on saying over and over again, Hey Jude. That's the fucking song. It's like Pete Townsend. I'm going to get you. Uh, he says that like over and over again. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you anyway. All right, we get it. I guess you're going to get us. 
Um, let my love open the door. He does it there too. How many fucking times are we going to say, let my love open the door? We get it, Pete. All right. Number nine on Billboard's greatest of all time Hot 100 songs chart is You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone. Oh, shut up. So many nights I'd sit by my window Waiting for someone to sing Oh my God, someone knows that that's one of the top 10 songs that I absolutely despise. There's not a worse song in the world than that other than Hey Jude. That's fucking unbelievable. Are you kidding me? You light up my life? Do you know how atrocious of a song that was when it came out? That syrupy, poppy crap? Oh my God. That was, that is so bad. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Ugh. You Light Up My Life is a ballad written by Joseph Brooks and originally recorded by Casey Sissick for the soundtrack album to the 1977 film of the same title. Oh, it's such a bunch of heaping crap. The song was lip-synced in the film by its lead actress, Dee Dee Khan, who I adore. Well, Dee Dee Khan's good, but Debbie Boone, Jesus. The best-known cover version of the song is a cover by Debbie Boone, the daughter of singer Pat Boone. How could she do a cover of her own song? Pat Boone, Debbie Boone. It held the number one position on the Billboard Hot 100 chart for 10 consecutive weeks in 1977. Wait, she did a cover of her own song? It's not a cover of her own song. You're so angry you're not listening. Do not take Prilosec if you're allergic to Prilosec. That's pretty much it. She topped Record World Magazine's Top 100 single charts for a record of 13 weeks. Another famous cover version is by Whitney Houston in 2002. Let me ask you something. From her Just Whitney album, that album held on the number nine Billboard 200. Ugh. Uh, what year was the Pat uh, Debbie Boone's version? 1977. She covered it right away. So you're telling me someone in their right mind said, yeah, we got Brick House and I got this for you. I am Brick House. Now that's a good song. But you light up my life? I would have laughed them out of the fucking hot room. I would have said, give me some more cocaine and then get out of here. Absurd. You light up my life. That's, that's about as good as native, you are a native New Yorker. Terrible. Is, Is that on the list? The song became the biggest hit of the 70s. So according to who? Jerks? Billboard Hot 100. The biggest hit of the 70s. That is not true. That's not true. All right. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, the biggest hit of the 70s. Boone's overnight success led to a tour with her father and frequent television appearances, but she was unable to maintain her success 
in pop music after You Light Up My Life. Her follow-up single, California, also written and produced by Joe Brooks, peaked at number 50. Yeah, if Joe Brooks is so good, why doesn't he fucking sing a song? Hey, Joe, you wrote a shitty tune. He was a prolific writer of advertising jingles and wrote the hit songs, My Ship is Coming In, If I Ever See You Again, and You Light Up My Life. He should have had that for Ever Ready Flashlights. It would have been a good jingle. But it's not a number one song. Joseph Brooks' real name was Joseph Kaplan. Well, welcome back, Carter. Are you ready to move on to number This is why I hate the world. Mm -hmm. The music that they say is great, I think, is the biggest crap in the world. Go on. Okay. Are you ready for number eight? Is it Lady Gaga? Or is it Lady Gaga? It is neither Gaga or Ga. Ga. Okay. Number eight. On this Billboard list of ours, top songs ever. Greatest hit songs ever. Yeah. Number eight is Physical by Olivia Newton-John. This this is a perfect example of example of music being shoved down your throats, played over and over again, just forced upon the public, and that's it. They, you know, yeah, we're gonna force this upon you, and they, you know how crappy these th- for all these songs are. It's just like a crap fest, and you wonder why the kids of today have no soul. It's because their parents were raised on shit. All right. Uh, it's just, just that, that, is, that, that song is so bad, it's almost a novelty song. It's in the, it's in the line. It goes with uh, Do You Think I'm Sexy by Rod Stewart. They're both absolute shit songs. Physical is a song recorded by English-born Australian singer Olivia Newton-John for her 12th studio album, Physical. Oh, God. It was released as the lead single from the album on September 28, 1981 by MCA Records. The song was produced by John Farrar and written by Steve Kipner and Terry Shattuck, who had originally intended to offer it to Rod Stewart. The song song is so bad that it's actually the reason rape is legal in non-countries. The song had also been offered to Tina Turner by her manager, Roger Davies, but when Turner declined, Davies gave the song to Newton John, another of his clients. Because Tina Turner has some class. She understands soul music, and she's fucking, comes from the church. Let's get physical. 
Why don't you just say, like, why don't you just say, I want to be raped? Physical was an immediate smash hit, shipping 2 million copies in the United States where it was certified platinum and spent 10 weeks at number one on the Billboard oh Hot 100. Oh my God, it shipped platinum? Physical. How does that even happen? No one's even heard the song. What does that tell you? I will tell you what ship platinum means. Ship platinum means when a record store anticipates that song is going to be such a hit that they buy that many more uh copies to sell and here's the thing that record company could throw out every single one of those copies and it still goes down as records sold that never even has to reach the public physical ultimately became newton john's biggest hit and cemented her legacy as a pop superstar a journey that began when she crossed over from her early country pop roots the song's suggestive lyrics which even caused it to be banned in some markets helped changed Newton John's long-standing clean-cut image, replacing it with a sexy, assertive persona that was strengthened with follow-up hits such as Make a Move on Me, Twist of Fate, and Soul Kiss. What a trashy artist. Just crap. You crap just, after crap after crap. You do not like Olivia Newton John at all, not she even has no in integrity. Greece. She's not she's fine as an actress in Greece and she might be okay in Xanadu. But I don't want to hear that fucking bitch sing. Oh, shit. She's, a, she's wasting our, our fucking precious time on this earth with her crap. All right. Well, let's see how you feel about number seven. I'll give you a list of the top ten songs, and they're not going to be this shit. All right? Where's St. fucking Stephen, bro? Number seven, according to Billboard. Their greatest of all time, Hot 100 song chart, number seven. Shipped platinum. Of all time. That shouldn't even be legal. Macarena. Go fuck yourselves. I hope this civilization dies. I hope you all get the disease. I'm not saying which one, but you can figure it out. Whichever one suits you best, I hope you get it. Fuck you, the Macarena. Okay. Oh, my God. What, what, what's gang, Gangnam Style? Is that on here? Macarena is a Spanish dance song by Los Del Rio about a woman of the same name. Los Diarrhea. Appearing on the 1993 album Ami Me Gusta. It was oh, I know that one. It was an international hit and dance craze throughout the second half of the 90s. I got to tell you, if it were up to me, you wouldn't have uh, music in different languages in this country. The song got the group ranked the number one greatest one-hit wonder of all time by VH1 in 2002. All right, enough of the shenanigans. The song uses a type of clave rhythm. Oh, was that right? Thanks for that. Uh, Thanks for educating us. In 2012, it was ranked number seven on Billboard's all-time top 100. It also ranked at number one on Billboard's all-time Latin songs. How come they never tell me what kind of rhythm they're using in American music? And it is still number seven in uh, 2020. Right. How come what? How come, uh, how come, you know, they don't say, oh, this song uses this kind of rhythm. This is, what, just because it's Latin, I got to know it's a clave? Like you're, you're fucking social, you're, you're, you're important because you're culturally, re- fuck you. Okay. 
Don't shove that shit down my throat. It's, Go fuck yourself. This is Wikipedia. Let me ask you something. Felt that that was when interesting they, information. I'm sorry. When they explain uh, Dance the Night Away by Van Halen, do they say it uses a Latin rhythm? I don't know. I'm not looking that up. Yeah, they don't that, because it's not like they're racist against white people. It may be on the list. It may not be. No, it's I'm on not my sure. List. Get rid of the list. Oh. Well, as a musician, this is, you know, highly uh, offensive. Macarena. What, what, what's next? Number six is next. Are you ready? Despacito. Number six is not Despacito. Number six is I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be a good, good night. A feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be a good night That tonight's gonna be a good, good night Tonight's the night, hey, let's live it up Let's live it up I got my money, hey, let's spin it up Let's spin it up Go out and smash it, smash it Like oh my god, like oh my god Jump out that sofa, come on Let's get, get, oh, fill up my cup Drink, mazel tov Look at a dancing, move it, move it Just take it Oh, let's paint the town. Paint the town. We'll shut it down. Shut it down. Let's burn the roof. And then we'll do it again. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. And do it. Do and do it. Let's live it up. And do it. Do it. And do it. And do it. And do it. Let's do it. Do I got a feeling I'm going to commit suicide. Uh, I Got a Feeling is the second single from the Black Eyed Peas' fifth album, The End, produced by French DJ David Guetta. Oh, yeah, really talented. The song was released on May 21st, 2009, and debuted at number two. Yeah, back the- in the day when music mattered, DJs didn't produce music. They played it after it was produced by producers. And debuted at number two on the Canadian and Billboard Hot 100 behind the group's previous single, Boom Boom Pow. You know what the best thing about the black keys is? Peas. Black-eyed peas. Yeah. Black-eyed peas. <laughs> yes. I thought it was the black keys. No, you really did? Black-eyed keys? It's the black-eyed peas. I think both those groups suck. Okay. The black-eyed peas. The only thing about that band is when Fergie pissed her pants. Okay. Uh, Literally. Behind the group's previous single, Boom Boom Pow, making the group one of 11 artists who have occupied the top two positions of the Billboard Hot 100 at the same time. Boom Boom Pow. Boom Boom Pow. It reached As num- a drummer, that's highly offensive. Okay. It reached number one on the U.S. charts and 20 charts worldwide. Black Eyed Peas. The song was nominated for Record of the Year at the 52nd Grammy Awards and won the Grammy for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals. I Got a Feeling ranked fifth on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs of the Decade. It's not even music. And the song was also nominated as the Song of the Year at the 2009 World Music Awards. It's like we're a society that, like, worships nursery rhymes. In March of 2011, it became the first song in digital history 
digital history to sell over 7 million digital copies in the United States. I got some digital history for you. It's called fucking Bop Till You Drop, all right? As of June... Rakuter, the first digital album, 1977. Mm. Not like this crap, that was real music, and Chaka Khan was on background vocals. So y'all can go fuck yourself, because Jim Kelton was the drummer. As of June 2019, I Got a Feeling has over 9 million downloads in the country, and it currently holds the record as the most downloaded song on iTunes of all time. Well, this is why you people get what you deserve, because you do not appreciate art. I got a feeling number six. Are you ready for number seven? Uh, yeah. I forget, so I've given up all hope at this point. It's Did hopeless. I say number seven? I meant number five. Doesn't even make any sense. Are you number, Are you ready for number five? I'm ready for all of it. You are? Okay. Number five. Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO. Shut up. Party Rock! This is this is fake. This is a world that we don't really live in. That's not real. But that's not Hoopo. That's that's not the That's not even music. It's not music. Party Rock Anthem is a song by American music duo LMFAO. That they're not music. Featuring British singer Lauren Bennett and American music producer Goon Rock. Goon Rock. Well, it, he is reputable. It Isn't was, he related to Barry Gordy? Better known by his... Oh, David Jamal Listenby is better known by his stage name Goon Rock, an American record producer, musician, singer, songwriter, and rapper. Uh, and Might rap- not be a carpenter. I mean, he didn't do any of that on the, on the recording. Raised in Los Angeles, California, early in his career, he focused on hip-hop and sold beats to artists such as Dr. Dre, Neo, Kanye West, and Juvenile. Ugh. Now, this is not the one that is related to Barry Gordy. All right. Well, good for Barry Gordy, because he shouldn't be associated with that crap. The single went to number one in Australia, Belgium, Brazil, Canada, Denmark, France, Germany, Iceland, Ireland, New Zealand, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Yeah, yeah, there's there's mentally impaired people everywhere, apparently. It is the best-selling single of all time in Australia. How can every song here is the the number one of something? It was the third best-selling digital single of 2011 with sales of 9.7 million copies. It is the third best-selling digital song in U.S. history. If that shit was on my phone, I would throw away my phone. Uh, Party Rock Anthem is a mostly electronic composition 
After being featured in the 2012 film 21 Jump Street, the film won the MTV Movie Award for Best Music. Party Rock Anthem. The song also won the Favorite Song Award at the 2012 Kids' Choice Awards. I choose to ignore it. That's just really bad. That was what, I, our number five. That was our number five on the list. Are you ready for number four? Yeah. Number four. How do I live by Leanne Rhymes? I don't think I know that song. Is that How Do I Live Without You? Mm-mm. Well, then I don't think I want to hear it. How do I live? Apparently off of other people's talent. I have a feeling that I have played this song for you before. Is she country? How do I get through a night without you? If I had to live without you, what kind of life would like something you'd have on at the barber shop, you know, at the hair salon, in the background, way in the background. How Do I Live is a song written by Diane Warren. It was performed by Leanne Rhymes, and the extended version of the song was later featured on her second studio album, You Light Up My Life, Inspirational Songs, well, in 1997. This is just uh, corporate nonsense. In the U.S., Rhymes' version peaked at number two for five non-consecutive weeks in late 1997 and early 1998, behind Candle in the Wind, 1997 by Elton John, and Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden. It set a record for staying on the Billboard Hot 100 for 69 weeks, a record it held until I'm... Wait, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. You're telling me this song is more popular than... I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. How is that even possible? I'm not saying anything about uh, what songs are on this list. How is it possible this, this shit fucking background song gets any traction at all? Staying on the Billboard Hot 100 chart for 69 weeks, a record it held until I'm Yours by Jason Mraz set a new record of 76 weeks. The Rhymes recording also set the record for the most time in the Billboard Hot 100's Top 5 at 25 consecutive weeks and held the record for 19 years. What is that? Who listens to this? Is there a man alive who listens to this music? This is, this is definitely for women. 
A man does. This is not man's music. There's no way. You wouldn't be caught dead listening to this. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't really know the song that well. You tell me Anthony Cumia would just put this on and have a beer? Uh, no, Anthony. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I don't want to speak for Anthony. Right, he has well, his moments. If he wants to listen to Leanne Rhymes, then Leon, Leanne. I think her last name should be Rhymes, though. Uh, Rhymes thing is throwing me off. It's Rhymes, R I M E S. Really? Yes. Oh no wonder I hate her so much. All right, she was number four. Wow, this list is just depressing. Moving on to number three. Are you ready? Yes. Number three. All right. Is Mac the Knife by Bobby Darren. Holy cow, actual song. Oh, the shark, baby, has such teeth there. And it shows them. Pearly white Just a jackknife Has old Maggie Heath And it keeps it Out of sight You know when that shark bite With his teeth big Scarlet billows Start to spread Fancy gloves though Where's old Maggie Heath so there's never, never a trace of red Now on the sidewalk, uh-huh, uh-huh, ooh, Sunday morning, uh-huh Lies a body just oozing life And someone sneaking round the corner Could that someone be Mac the Knife? Amazing. The first one on the list, it's actually a song. Wait, you're saying this is the third of all time? Number three of all time. That's impressive. Why? I don't know. How, how could this compete against Macarena? I feel like more people started buying music like in the 2000s or something. Doesn't make any sense. How can music be around for so long and then all these songs are just in the past 20 years? Mac the Knife, or The Ballad of Mac the Knife, is a song composed by Kurt Wheel with lyrics by Bertolt Brecht for their 1928 music drama, The Three Penny Opera. All right, now, is it me or does that sound like a couple of Nazis wrote this motherfucker? The song has become a popular standard record, recorded by many artists, including a U.S. and U.K. number one hit for Bobby Darren in 1959. Also, that shit ain't a ballad. All right, you can call it the ballad of Mac the Knife, but that's not a ballad. Mac the Knife was introduced to the United States Hit Parade by Louis Armstrong in 1956, but the song is most closely associated with Bobby Darren who recorded his version at Fulton Studios on West 40th Street, New York City, on December 19, 1958. Nice. Who's the drummer? Panama Francis. Even though Darren was reluctant to release the song as a single, in 1951 it reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and number six on the Black Singles chart. Hey, I love that chart. That doesn't exist anymore. 
and earned him a Grammy Award for Record of the Year. Black Singles Chart. It was listed as a Cashbox Top 100 number one single in 1959 for eight weeks. Is it me? Or is Bobby Darren not black? Dick Clark had advised Darren not to record the song because of the perception that, having come from an opera, it would not appeal to the rock and roll audience. He was right. In subsequent years, Clark recounted the story with good humor. He liked the ice cream. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. How's Bobby Darren on the black singles chart? I don't know. I'm just reading. I'm just reading. I'm not writing this stuff. I'm just, I'm just saying, reading he's it. He's not black. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it's written by, uh, maybe he had a, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't explain it. Okay. Well, I would say that that's the only song so far that has any validity to me. All right. It, uh, this was number three. It doesn't really explain. I wouldn't say it's rock and roll. No, it's pop. It's pop music. So, I mean, it appealed to the rock audience? Traditional pop and jazz. Because the guy said you shouldn't record it because it was, or he didn't want to record it because he didn't think it would appeal to a rock audience. That's what Dick Clark said. It did appeal to a rock audience or it was another audience that it captured? We kind of trail off there. Dick, no, Dick Clark had advised Darren not to record the song because of the perception that, having come from an opera, it would not appeal to the rock and roll audience. And so what I'm saying is it appealed not to ro- an audience. Not, but see, that's back then rock and roll was uh, pop. When Dick Clark first started his American Bandstand, pop and rock and roll were, were very closely uh, aligned. So Dick Clark was incorrect. Well, he was incorrect, regardless of whether he said rock and roll or pop. It doesn't matter. Gotcha. I don't, I don't put rock and rock and roll in the same category for way back then. Um, rock and roll is a term uh, they were using for music that had a bit of a, a swing to it, in my opinion. Uh, briefly, anyway. Anyway, uh, yeah, there you Your go. Your opinion is correct. Number three was Mac the Knife and Bobby Darren. I like that one. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. If we did a top ten list of our favorite songs, that one would be on it for me. Well, it's a good song. What are you going to do? What are you the only thing you can take away from that song is that it's overplayed. Other than that, there's no, you can't say anything bad about it. It's just, you know, it's, it's been played a lot. It's like, uh, you know, Louis Armstrong. Anything Louis Armstrong does has been played too much, essentially. Number two. According to Billboard.com. All right. Is Smooth by Santana and Rob Thomas. It is? Everyone but you 
doesn't even make any sense. Smooth is a collaboration between Latin rock band Santana and, Mo- and Matchbox 20 vocalist Rob Thomas. I smell Irving Azoff. The song was written by Ital Shore and Thomas. Guy. Not that guy. I don't know that guy. Uh, he is an American composer, producer, and musician. Uh, it's a good song. Uh, Rodney Holmes is the drummer. He got fired right after that. Interesting. All right. Uh, in the United States, it topped the Billboard Hot 100 for 12 weeks. It was the final number one hit of the 90s and the first number one hit of the 2000s. Smooth is the only song to appear on two decade-end Billboard charts. Oh, it's just luck of the draw. As of 2018, Smooth is ranked the second most successful song of all time by Billboard. I, I don't understand that. It won three Grammy Awards, Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Pop Collaboration with Vocals. Worldwide, the song reached number one in Canada and the top ten in Australia, Austria, Ireland, and the United Kingdom. It's, you know, it's, it's Carlos, like, way after his peak. As far as Santana goes, it's probably, like, one of the least good, but oh, good for Carlos. It's not, it's not real. It's not real Santana. You're telling me that compares to Evil Ways? I, Black Magic Woman, which he covered better than Peter Green? You're telling me? It's, it's just a bunch of crap, honestly. It's, it's whatever. More people bought music in the 90s and 2000s than they did in the 80s and 70s, I guess, because this makes zero sense. Again, though, it's not just buying. It's radio, airplay, sales and streaming yeah you're gonna tell me that this is played on the radio more than hotel california i really don't think so no fucking way i mean look at a place like sirius xm right they probably have a channel that plays this more than hotel california that's this then this list is it doesn't make any sense this list is is uh it's off. I mean, Hotel California might get a lot of uh, airtime, but maybe it didn't sell as much as a single. Why would it? It's fucking t- 10 minutes long. Well, that's what I'm saying. Where's the fucking Stairway to Heaven? It's not on this list. I'll this tell you that bullshit. much. bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. All right. I don't know. Whatever. Smooth. All right. Are you ready for the... Are you kidding me? Smooth? Are you ready for the number one song, according to Billboard? They're number one on the greatest of all time Hot 100 songs chart. All right. You ready for number one? Yeah. You want to take a guess? Uh, Thriller. The number one song of all time, according to Billboard.com, is Chubby Checker's The Twist. That's such bullshit.
soul bullshit. No, no relevance. What do you mean? It's just, it's, uh, well, I don't know what they're basing it on. I've it's, just explained it to no, you. No, it's it's a strew. It's it's, it's a strew. Yeah, it's the the results have been a strew. A strew. What's it called? A skewed. <laughs> you it, it's, it's a skewed. A screwed. It's screwed. A skew. Skewed. Skewed. Shrooms. I think they're on shrooms. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. I'm saying, what are they based this on? What? This song. Everyone just oh, oh, randomly. This is the song that everyone loves from the fifties. The Twist is an American pop song written and originally released in 1958 by Hank Ballard and the Midnighters as a B-side to Teardrops on Your Letter. Ballard's version was a moderate hit, peaking at number 28 on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, Chubby Checker's 1960 cover version of the song gave birth to the Twist dance craze. So what? His single became a hit, reaching number one on the Billboard Hot 100 on September 19, 1960, where it stayed for one week and setting a record as the only song to reach number one in two different hit parade runs when it resurfaced and topped the popular hit parade again for two weeks starting on January 13, 1962. Yeah, but why is it sold so much? In 1988, the twist again became popular due to a new recording of the song by The Fat Boys. Featuring Chubby Checker. That's not, that's absolute nonsense. The song became popular on a Baltimore television dance show hosted by local DJ Buddy Dean. Dean recommended the song to Dick Clark, host of the National American Bandstand. When the song proved popular with his audience, Clark attempted to book Ballard to perform on the show. Ballard was unavailable and Clark searched for a local artist to record the song. He settled on Checker, whose voice was very similar to Ballard's. Checker's version featured Buddy Savitt on sax and Ellis Tallinn on drums with backing vocals by the Dream Lovers. Exposure for the song on American Bandstand on the, and on the Dick Clark Saturday Night Show helped propel the song to the top of American charts. Um, in 1960, Checker performed the twist for the first time in front of a live audience at the Rainbow Club in Wildwood, New Jersey. And just weeks later, on August 6, 1960, the song became a national sensation after Checker performed it on Dick Clark's American Bandstand. In 1961 and early 62, the twist craze belatedly caught on in high society. Sightings of celebrities doing the dance made the song a hit with adults, particularly after a report in the Charlie Knickerbocker gossip column. That's racist. I don't, I don't even know who Charlie Knickerbocker is. Uh, an American syndicated columnist for the Hearst newspaper chain. Uh, soon there were long lines at the Peppermint Lounge nightclub in New York, the most popular celebrity twisting spot. This new interest made the twist the only recording to hit number one on the United States charts during two separate chart runs and marked a major turning point for adult acceptance of rock and roll music. Yeah, but why would it compare to Macarena? Uh, why, why would people have bought that as much as some of this other nonsense? I, I see what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. This, this doesn't make any sense. I, I guess just longevity. Then why aren't all the other ones with longevity? Are the twist just the only one? It's not, no. I don't, uh -uh. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to say. This is nonsense. 
Um, maybe because he recorded it so often. Uh, he recorded a new version in, in the 70s, which was identical to the 1960 original, except for the sound mix. Um, yeah, I'm more of a Fats Domino kind of guy. I don't know what to say. I understand what you're saying, but there's a there's an algorithm here that they are following. I just don't. How is how is smooth and then this? Well, what is that? I think it's bullshit. You think it's a lie? I think they're misinformed, just like Adam Neely. Let's uh, let me hold on a second. I think you're misinformed. You think I'm misinformed? No. Oh. I mean, just for example, on a side note, you're going to tell me that you've heard Hey Jude more often than the song Imagine? Because it's not true. They don't use Hey Jude at, at baseball stadiums. It's just not true. I don't know what to tell you. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I just don't, I, I don't know why they would, I don't know. I don't know why. I'm going to tell you that That Girl is Mine by Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson is more popular than this crap. I bet Ebony and, I, Ebony and Ivory outsold this shit. Where are the hits? What are they talking about? Yeah. That makes no sense. You're telling me there's not a Hall and Oates song in here? They sold the most fucking music ever. This is bullshit. Bullshit. They're pulling from some number that doesn't really is not relevant to reality. I don't know what to tell you. Someone I mean, bought millions of copies of Smooth. Cause that's not that's not real. Doesn't make any sense. I you know, I have to agree with you. This the list is what the list is, and it is according to that bitch was shipped platinum. Radio, airplay, sales data, and streaming data. This is as of today. This is as current as it can be. Uh, are you interested in any of the other songs? Sure. Number 11, We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. Number 12, Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars. Shut up. Number 13, Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. Um, that's, that's horrible music. Number 14, Yeah, Usher featuring Lil Jon and Ludacris. That's barely music. Number 15, Betty Davis Eyes. That's terrible, but yes, it's music. Number 16, Endless Love, Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Hey, a song. Number 17, Tonight's the Night, Rod Stewart. Ooh, Sapola. Number 18, Foolish Games and You Were Meant for Me by Jewel. Ugh. Number 19, Everything I Do, I Do It For You, Brian Adams. All right, at least it's a song. And number 20, I'll Make Love to You, Boys to Men. Ew, that sounds gay. Now, uh, 21 seems to be something that maybe you would agree with, the theme from A Summer Place. I don't know what that is. Oh. Theme from a summer place. You don't know that song? What is that? 
I. That's from the sixties or something. Is that a Walter Matthau movie? Oh, I mean, totally know this, but never knew the name of it. Who wrote this? Burt Bacharach? Percy Faith. Really? I don't know. That's who's performing it. But this is that's like a famous song. Yes. That is or a piece of music. Maybe it's not a song because there's no, no singing to it. So I, that was everywhere. That was, you know, Barbara Streisand has had hits that yeah. I would think would be on this list. Um Chic with Lafrique at 22. BG's How Deep Is Your Love? I Have the Tiger. What? what no one bought St- Staying Alive? Was isn't in there? No, and you How know How is that possible? The Police Every Breath You Take. I remember that song coming out and being so huge. It's that this list is nonsense. And that doesn't come, that comes in at number 29. And I haven't seen Hall Notes yet. Let me see. Purple Rain's not on the list. How is Smooth more popular than Purple Rain? It doesn't even make any sense. It's absolutely ridiculous. Smooth was like a, you know, a summer song. Then it should disappear. So I do I do associate Smooth with summer. I yeah, mean it's it's like, it's, a, it's a knockoff. That's weird, isn't it? This is a weird list, but so you think their algorithm is wrong? You think at some point Billboard's going to just quietly switch this list up, or do you think they'll announce that there was a problem? I don't know. I don't think they'll announce it, no. BG's uh, number 39. Uh, night Fever. BG's number 39 to go, please. Uh, night Fever. Night of Fever, Night of Fever. Say, 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 Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson, 41. There we go. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Number 100, Dark Horse. Katy Perry featuring Juicy J. Dark Horse. Yeah, see, I don't know. How about Horse with No Name? I don't think so. How about Ventura Highway? How about Sister, what is it called? Sister Golden Hair? Yeah, Sister Golden Hair Surprise. How about that one? Now that's when rock meant something. Ebony and Ivory is 73. How about the Ozark Mountain Daredevils? Come on now. No. If you want to get to heaven, you got to raise a little hell. I got to be honest. This song is, uh, this, not the song. This list is all over the place. All over the place. I'm a believer. Number 59. I don't believe in this list. And Gold Digger is number 60. I'm a believing. Town. Look at, look at this. Just let's look at this. Gold Digger. Gold Digger. Well, now that's a good one. Gold Digger has seven, seven platinum, seven times platinum, yet is number 60. That's back when Kanye was good. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just... I, I should, probably should have used somebody else. That was back when Kanye didn't pee on Grammy Awards. I don't know what to say about that. Um, all right. So that's it. That's our top ten list. 
of, well, not our top 10 list. This is according to Billboard and their super duper secret algorithm of airplay, sales, and streaming data. This was their top 10 list. That was their you light up my life centric list. Well, you know what? Let's be related to that song. You light up my life. Ugh. That's that's your that's your biggest complaint on the whole list out of the top ten. Seriously? Uh, no, but it's definitely not good. I loved it. I loved you light up my life. Oh. I was a girl, nineteen seventy eight or whatever it was. I liked all of that shit. All it's of a hard that song sack to cover of shit. In Japan. That's all I'm gonna say. Ice Castles and Debbie Boone, baby. Debbie Boone, Debbie Boone. Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina. <clears throat> Why isn't that one on there? I, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, Paging Mr. Bob Dabalina. You know, fucking whitest shade of pale's not on this lip, list. Skip the last Fandango. You kidding me? How many times they forced that shit on us? How about that Modi Blues uh, stuff? That's not on the list. Wildest Dreams? Yeah. Shit was all over the place. Not to mention that other one they got from the 60s. <coughs> oh, what's the other one? Can't remember now. You have to hold on a second, please. I just wanted to plug, uh, M. Levitt has a podcast out. He's on episode 18 of his What I'm Thinking uh, podcast. Is it a podcast or a vlog? He, I'm not sure, but they're short. They're short and sweet. Where short cast. Sometimes he, you know, sometimes he may or may not have a, a sock puppet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> sometimes he may or may not have a sock puppet, and he does talk about current pop culture events and maybe argues with a sock puppet. I'm not saying anything else, but if you'd like to check out Mark Levitt's podcast, blogcast, shortcast, sock puppet cast, I encourage you to do so. It's on uh, Vimeo and it's called What I'm Thinking. And, uh, you know, sometimes he's thinking some interesting things. But he does write comedy movies, so that's... The things he thinks are right in line with, say, someone who would write a movie called Thumb Wrestler. Well, I'm just looking at something here. Sorry. What are you looking at? Uh, Anything but me? No. Uh, That was last week? John Lennon Killer says, sorry for a despicable act. So, that's okay. Dang, no problem. Oh, no, you're, as long you as go. you feel bad about it. Okay, cool. Well, now that it's 40 years later, you schmuck. He's, if he's getting out of jail, there's going to be a... He's not getting out of jail. All right. What a dick. 
It's, that sounds like something you'd say when you were about to go to the parole board. Right? He says, I assassinated him, to use your words, because he was very, very famous, and that's the only reason I was very, very much seeking self-glory. Very selfish, he added. He still sounds crazy. That sounds crazy. I have no excuse. This was for self-glory. I think it's the worst c crime that there could be to do, to, some, to do something to someone that's innocent. He was extremely famous. I didn't kill him because of his character or the kind of man he was. He was a family man. He was an icon. He was someone that spoke of things that now we can speak of, and it's great. Well, I, I wouldn't say he was a family man, but I would say that he, Mark David Chapman is a crazy, sh batshit murderer who I don't, you, no one should talk to him. No one should care about what he thinks. He's crazy. Even those sentences he just said are crazy. Chapman was 25 at the time of the crime, now 65. He is married and his wife lives near the facility. Who would marry this fuck? Another crazy person. You stupid bitch. What do you think that you're a born again Christian and that he'll be forgiven? Oh, wait, let me read down. At the parole board meeting, he was described as being deeply religious and a devoted Christian. Bah! I'm bah, telling you, I knew that there would be yourself, a parole dude. board meeting in there somewhere. And this motherfucker thinks he just caused pain to Yoko Ono and her family. They, he caused great pain to the whole fucking world. Yeah, it was like when Princess Diana died. It it's was a, a worldwide thing. Yeah. Blow. Oh, what a dick. He brought down the energy of an, an entire planet. One of the, that's like one of the, that, Monsters Inc. shit right there. That that act was up there with fucking nine eleven. Not in the mass amount of people died, but no, the I know impact it that it had on the depression of society. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said Princess Diana because it was one single person whose death caused heartache across the world. What an asshole! Look, and John Lennon could have been a dick for all we know, but that's not the point. Right. That's yeah. That's not the point. That is he not was a the point. Dick, and he brought lots of happiness to lots of people, and it meant sadness when he was killed for no fucking reason. It meant this fucking guy. What a dick! And he's married now, and he's going to pretend he's a Christian, and that's going to get fuck. No, you. he's not getting out. Fuck you. He's not getting out, and he's lying about being sorry. Devoted Christian. Fuck you, and fuck your wife. Well, I don't. Yeah, fuck she's her. She's cuckoo. Fuck her. That's you know. That's somebody who has uh, famous, also has fam problems. He was famous, the famous for carrying the J.D. Salinger book Catcher in the Rye when he was committing the murder. What a, what a textbook dumbass. Yep. Fuck you, you psychopath. Fuck, Fuck you. All right. Well, there you go. We'll end that on that happy note. Uh, and fuck you to Mark David Chapman. Uh, How dare you, the devout born-again Christian. Oh, my God. This has been episode number 91 of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast. You can find all of our episodes on our, our website, middleagecoolkids.com. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. It's under my channel of Same Chick, where you can hear a lot of the episodes. Um, not all of them. They're... Sometimes they get blocked or banned because of music, so I don't even know if this one will go up. We'll give it a, a go uh, and see and see how that goes. And, uh, all right, anything else you wanted to say, Dave? Uh, reasons to be cheerful. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, I thought you had a list. Oh, no, some down with Ian Dury and the Blockheads. I see. Okay. Well, there you go. Reasons to be cheerful. All right. We will see you next time, America. Peace.